Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to another episode of Everyone is Hot, the podcast that talks about your favorite stealth sex symbols and the film or TV show that turned you on to them. Uh, I'm Michael Stevens. And I'm Shelley Brooks, and we uh, are doing something slightly different from our normal format today. We've got another mini-sode for you guys. This one was suggested by Michael, and <laughs> Michael, this was such an interesting choice. This is... Listeners, this is not pit. I I think the fun thing about our minisodes is that they are very rarely pinned to anything that is like contemporary <laughs> that, that is going to be like for SEO. Like we truly are just doing these about movies that like we have watched recently, and we're like we got to talk about this one, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm completely unmoored. This is probably the first time in a while you're you're hearing me again. <laughs> so, um. I've been and we're doing... so happy to have you back. Yes, yes, I'm happy to be back. Um, and in my endless stream of activity, um, this is one movie that I revisited: um, the Straight Story. Did we? Do we? Did you, no, you said... we haven't named it yet. Oh, no, okay, no. <laughs> okay, cool. Sorry, caffeine has not kicked in. Um, yes, dear listener, today we are talking about uh, David Lynch's film the straight story uh, it came out in 1999 um if you have not seen it um i guess i could do a quick uh synopsis right yeah let's do it um okay i wrote something down on my letterbox that pretty much summarizes it um it is 
a fairy tale? No. Let me let me be okay. No, no, no. It's not a fairy tale. Let me not. Let me not. Um, well, I was gonna say it is based on a true story. <laughs> it is based on a true story, um, but it's directed by David Lynch, so you know he's got to do his thing to it. Um, and I guess it's more of a it's a story about an ailing a straight story about an ailing seventy three year old World War World War Two veteran who drives a a John Deere. 300 miles to see his estranged brother uh, who's also ailing. Um, that is an oversimplification of what the whole movie is about. That hits the main points. And it is interesting, I mean, that you use the words fairy tale um, because I, so I just watched this for the first time before we logged on. Um, I I am a David Lynch fan. I've seen, I've seen most of his films, I would say. I haven't really seen the shorts. Um, but I... I had not seen this one in part because I had heard kind of language like that around it. And, you know, Lynch can sometimes veer into a little bit of like sentimentality. So I felt yes. like before I watched this, I like I'd always heard of it as like his most straightforward film, his most touching film, blah, blah, blah. So I'd kind of like put it, not put it off necessarily just, but yeah. it had never been at the top of my list. Cause I was like, eh, I think I, I know what this is going to be. I, I feel like who I gives a it. shit. <laughs> I did not. I did not have the right idea about what this was going to be. And I will tell you, I'm pissed off that it is a Saturday morning. And right before we got on to talking to microphones, I was like bawling in my bedroom. I was wondering why your hands were shaking. Uh, this time. I was like, I'm going to ask Shelly what's going on, but I feel like she'll tell me at some point. Yeah, um, I've got like a little bit of puffy eyes. I quickly put on makeup right before we got on because uh, listeners, we do like have video for us that you you do not see, but that yeah. we can see each other. And I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna look like bloodshot, like puffy <laughs> eyes. Uh, and I I mostly resisted the tears until the very end. And like as the listeners know, we don't really care about spoilers on this podcast because every movie we talk about is like at least twenty years old. Um, <laughs> but you don't want a spoiler for the straight story. Turn this off right now. What really got me is I mean there are so many touching scenes like throughout this. Especially there's like a scene in a bar. Where you know two old men like talk about their experiences oh, in World God. War II and the memories they have that that's so oh my God wrenching, but what finally broke me was the brother that he's going to visit. Yeah, you don't see until the last like five minutes of this film, and he comes to the door, and it is <sighs> oh my God, it's freaking Harry Dean Stanton, and I when he came to the door because yeah. of, like, his associations <laughs> with Lynch. And my love for him as an actor and that you have it build and build to seeing this brother. And then it's fucking Harry Dean Stanton. I lost my shit. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So uh, I wrote a lot more on uh, Letterboxd. Uh, but I absolutely, uh, it makes perfect sense why you avoided this movie for such a long time. Because <laughs> the, the synopsis is, it's very simple, very straightforward, very la da da. But once you actually experience it, it's like... Here's a guy who is grappling with his mortality and the awful things he's done and mm. his complex relationship with his brother and everyone in his life. And uh, the movie really makes you earn that moment at the end. Like Harry Dean Stanton, it's one of his best performances. I came around to this movie because I watched the documentary. I think it's like, it's called Characters and it's got 
him and Peter Falk and a bunch of other guys. And they're just talking about, uh, you know, the work. And yeah. I think there was a clip of that scene in the movie. And so I, I watched, uh, I was like, all right, let me watch this straight story and see what that's all about. And mm -hmm. I, the whole movie, I'm like, when is, when's my boy going to show up? When is my boy? Are they going to do any flashbacks to my boy? And, right. uh, you know, sure enough, very end guy sees his brother. It's so simple and it's such mm -hmm. a light touch that it absolutely, uh, it absolutely wrecks you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's this Midwestern set film. So, I mean, there is this kind of like Midwestern reserve to a lot of the characters in it. Like, and there's a real simplicity in how they speak with each other, but you feel these like depths of feeling underlying these like very simple conversations people have. And that's, I think the most obvious in that, that final scene where, so, you know, he drives up in this tractor that he's driven hundreds of miles, uh, you know, over weeks and weeks to see his brother because he's like, I'm, I'm not too proud, but, you know, he's this man who's in the final years of his life and who like can barely see and he can barely walk and like, he can't drive his car anymore. And so he drives this tractor all this way. And like, even when he gets offers for people to like drive him there, he, like he's determined he wants to do it himself. And then you see his brother who's had a stroke come to the door with a walker and it's Harry Dean Stanton. And then they just sit on this porch and they barely say anything to each other, but they both have their like eyes kind of like glistening. Oh. And Harry Dean Stanton like looks over at the tractor and he goes, you drove that all the way to see me. And he just says, yes, I did Lyle. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Oh my God! And Harry Dean Stanton's face—he's like of their shaking. Faces. Yeah, it's, uh, he cuts uh. both of their faces in close-up, and you just see these two reserved old men. And you like—we've heard these details about their. I mean, he says it very simply. Richard Farnsworth is the lead character in it, um, and he's incredible. Um, but he gives this very sort of like simple explanation to someone he meets along the way about his relationship with his brother, and he's like, "Haven't seen him for ten years." You know, there there was drinking and there were fights and then we, we didn't see each other but now he's had a stroke and it's like oh my god and so you just get this very compressed version where you can imagine like this in incredible like i don't know rocky relationship between them and then to just see them sit kind of quietly beside each other oh god <laughs> oh there's so many things about this movie that i absolutely fucking love um, I, I love David Lynch as everybody fucking knows. Um, <laughs> but this one really shows like, damn, this man, uh, really has a heart. <laughs> he really, um, the one bit of trivia that I just found out. Um, so, you know, those two brothers, uh, there's a, a scene in the movie where along uh, Alvin Strait's journey, he runs into these quarreling brothers. Um, yeah. They're uh, both played by Kevin Farley and John P. Farley, who are real-life brothers and mm -hmm. the brothers of Chris Farley, who died two years before. Um, oh. oh. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> there's no fucking way <laughs> oh wow i didn't realize that and they they are they're so funny and like 
and it is funny you do get these as much as it's a very kind of like straightforward sometimes sometimes naturalistic but I mean it does have these expressionistic and and sometimes like goofy touches that you expect from like a David Lynch movie and I mean they're part of it like they're they're very funny and kind of broad characters and there's another character that Farnsworth's character meets along the way of like that felt like a very lynchy in touch where she plays this woman who talks about how she hits a deer with her car every single week I I died laughing (laughs) it's it's fascinating the way that it's shot because you don't see the crash and you know whether that was like an expressionistic touch or like a budgetary touch I don't know but you see like a close up on Farnsworth's face and you hear like and like then it pans to like a car with like the entire like hood of the car like totally fucked up and like (laughs) bent out of shape and a dead deer on the road and you this woman then has this like operatic freak out where she talks about I have to drive 45 minutes down this road to work and from work I have to drive (laughs) (laughs) I have to get to work (laughs) I have to go oh god and she's oh. in, they're in the middle of this this wide open road surrounded by wide open fields where like if there was a deer coming you would absolutely see a deer and it's just this great like lynch touch that you're like where the fuck did this deer come from why does she keep killing deer <laughs> and she's having this like existential like breakdown <laughs> i got the strong sense in that moment uh that to be a good director you gotta know mm-hmm how to wind people up and what's what's really <laughs> uh fun about people in their worst moments and mm. goddamn the first time i saw it laugh really hard second time i saw it laugh really hard but i was also 10 years older so uh <laughs> it it's a there's a element of like oh damn i i 100% know and live this experience every day mm-hmm. and life is just you know a rocky river that we have to (laughs) that we have to grapple with uh Mm. (laughs) and oh man that that scene just really stuck out my on my most recent viewing um damn yeah i think that there there's an interesting thing that i've seen in a lot of like writing about lynch in the last several years that it feels like when I was younger, so much of what I would encounter in people like talking about Lynch was that like, he's so weird. It's this weird, surreal dreamlike stuff. And, and then treating something like the straight story or the elephant man as like an outlier because they were more, you know, sort of more straightforward narratives, like slightly more naturalistic, but they were so, so humanistic and so emotional. And I think that now there's been a real attempt with a lot of younger writers to identify like a real through line between the more straightforward empathetic like humanist pictures like straight story and the elephant man and his more kind of surreal stuff because i think that like the way that people have in the last several years like reevaluated fire walk with me um you know or, or the way that they talk about Mulholland drive i mean i remember Mulholland drive being treated as more of like a sort of like puzzle box film when I was younger and now I think it's really seen is so much more in line with with these like very empathetic movies in in how deeply deeply felt it is and how emotional it is and how yeah hu- like humane I guess it is and character based yeah. 
Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's, I think that's especially been like most, most obvious in the reevaluation of Firewalk with me. Cause I mean, I think the way that it talks about Laura Palmer as a character and as that film is like a portrait of abuse. Um, yeah. Has been much more in line with like the way that people have traditionally read straight story and elephant man. I'm going to have to rewatch uh twin peaks Firewalk with me. Um, mm. But that, that definitely makes sense. I think um people do look at David Lynch as like, you know, this mystery man, you know, he uh, often tells his performers, you know, add more wind, you know, to their <laughs> performance. Like uh, yeah. there's that element where he is kind of like this, you know, mysterious uh, sage. And then on the other hand, uh, you know, he's pretty straightforward. Um, mm. I think um, I'm, I'm listening to his uh, biography right now, which is, oh, cool. oh my God, it's so much fun. It's, yeah, I, I'm listening to the audiobook version of it and I highly recommend, I don't know if there's a written version of it. And mm-hmm. if there is, I recommend the audiobook version because you can hear him uh, oh, gosh, just yeah, kind he of, reads he reads it and uh, there's another author, uh, the author uh, who co-writes it with him, like jumps in at certain points, but mm-hmm. it, I don't get the sense of what this would be like written down. He kind of just mm-hmm. meanders through stories and they're, they're like very like brief bits, but there is one that he tells and he, uh, there's one story or I guess vignette that he, he tells um, that he's told very often. And I think uh, this was like a very formative trauma in his life. That's been uh, repeated in lots of his movies, but uh, you know, he encounters a woman, uh, and she's, you know, completely undressed and mm-hmm. she's bruised and she's battered. And he's oh God, like, yeah, he's eight years old and he, you know, oh. he's, a, he's a kid when he first sees this, but he doesn't fully understand it and mm-hmm. it, it overwhelms him. He has, it's not like a his only response is just to immediately kind of empathize with this woman. But at the same time, he's got no idea what is happening, why it's happening. Um, It's just this awful thing that's happening uh, (laughs) that he doesn't get. And I think that feel that's the thing that uh, that feeling is present in a lot of his work. Um, And, I think that's the thing that really um, resonates to me in a lot of his, uh, in a lot of his movies. Um, There's like a, I don't know, in that one scene where uh, Alvin is dealing with this woman who's just so upset uh, on one level, you know, we're we're like hearing why she's uh, in distress, but Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. He's, he's 783. He's like, driving five miles an hour he's trying to get somewhere um Mm. he just kind of absorbs this awful feeling and uh i don't know if he fully like connects with it or engages with it um in like a you know there's nothing he can do to to help um yeah and that level of helplessness i i don't know i've seen it in like lots of episodes of like twin peaks from characters who are uh i guess trying to connect but um yeah i'm meandering now (laughs) um 
No, but... no, but I, I think it it really speaks to I mean, I think it's it speaks to all of the artists involved in the creation of this character. So the I mean the film was um co-written by um Mary Sweeney, who has been like a longtime Lynch collaborator collaborator. Um it was co-written by John Roach, directed by Lynch, obviously. And then the Alvin character is played by, you know, sort of long time iconic, uh, you know, character actor and stuntman Richard Farnsworth, who was uh, Academy Award nominated for this performance. Um, but people might have seen him in stuff like like he was in Misery. He plays the sheriff in that. Um, he was in uh, the Two Jakes, <laughs> that uh, Chinatown sequel that Jack Nicholson directed. Um, oh, yeah. I think it really speaks to their collaboration on this character that you you say him like taking on this woman's you know suffering when he encounters it that is sort of like a defining thing in this character is that like you you so see how he he carries the weight of all the accumulated experiences of his life and I think that I mean it's interesting I mean Lynch was not young when he directed this movie and obviously Richard Farnsworth was quite old when he was in it um but I think he was in his 80s at the time um but I, I think that that is really one of the most moving moving parts about it is that you get these frequent reminders that the 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 pain of aging is not just, you know, his repeated um, you know, mentions of how he can't really see well anymore, he can't really, you know, move well anymore that he has lost the independence of driving, that it's also just the accumulation of knowledge and also the accumulation of time itself. Like there's beautiful sequence where he sees a bunch of young bicyclists pass him on the road yeah. and then he like pulls over and joins them as they're camping and you see these young guys like throwing a football back and forth and they're talking to him like asking about you know what's the hardest part of being old and he says it's remembering that when you when you were young and oh, that god <laughs> and we circle back so hard. Uh, and we circle back to that feeling, uh, that scene uh, in where he's like in the bar with uh, another World War II veteran and they're just, mm-hmm. you know, drinking and, mm-hmm. you know, the other guy, he's re- remembering, you know, the things he's done. And, yeah. oh, God, I absolutely love that scene as a person who spends, uh, who has a lot of men in his family who, you know, have done things and they don't talk about them at all. Um, mm. Like uh, not to, not to, you know, <laughs> uh, release my own family. Trauma like rat on your, rat on your on family. A, on a, look, we've all, we've all, we all live with guilt. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, oof. I love that scene because it, it really shows like, Oh damn. Like, mm getting getting older is uh i used to 10 years ago i would have said something down like you know it's a tragedy but it's you know it's an inevitability that you know we're all going to be hopefully you know god willing you know we're all going to be challenged with and you know it Mm. it after that after watching yeah after what are you saying I was just—I was just gonna say that with those young guys who are like talking to him. I mean, that—that that is the—I think a really interesting touch in that scene is that they treat him at first in that scene the way I think a lot of young people treat old people as almost like a different 
species like that like yeah. <laughs> it almost like not considering the idea that like you will ever be old and then when he says that thing about the hardest part being that you remember being young you see the look on one of these young guys faces and you're like oh he finally understands like that his youth is it's not a permanent state that this is yeah. moving this is escaping from him rapidly god if uh, uh. <laughs> I think something really interesting in that scene with the other veteran in the bar is stylistically something I really enjoy. Um, it made me think about that that Faulkner short story, A Rose for Emily, because there's like um, a description in it about memory where he he kind of describes like the like recent memory when you're old being like a like a small opening, I think, and then it like opens out into a field. And the rest of your memory all just kind of like coexists in that space together. Like it, that it's not linear, that it's all just kind of this morass of memory. Yeah. And I felt like Lynch really evoked that in such a beautiful way because they're telling these stories about being in the war and they're talking about like their friends who died and saying like they still have young men's faces and now I have an old man's face. And like as, this story and they even talk about like their empathy for like the people that they shot the german soldiers they're like yeah. they're moon-faced boys and all the while this is going on there is like a soundtrack like a kind of soft soundtrack of like the sound of like airplanes and gunfire and stuff it's not over the top or heavy-handed it's like just very yeah. dim in the background as though like when these guys are telling these stories that they are taken back to those like the, the senses that they had at the time that it's like yeah. they're both there and not there I thought, oh god that really fucked me up <laughs> oh god you should check out i don't know if you checked out the uh lynch oz documentary mm -hmm. um but the the documentary gets into a, a lot of um the spiritual uh like transcendental meditation influence right. uh, on a lot of his work and he does talk about uh, the unified field um, mm. where, you know, it's this, you know, well of thought and images and also a place where time does not exist. And so, um, mm. you know, I guess that's a little bit of that idea of, you know, everything is is happening at once. And, uh, right. you know, the the you know, I don't know how woo -woo you are. I'm incredibly woo woo. And I fucking you know put a muzzle on myself for the sake of this podcast because i know that people from oxford might be listening um and i no, don't want to just woo -woo. we like woo woo <laughs> you know what though if i if i really went to i probably should i probably should you know open the yeah open the box um but that's another element that like i really love about all his work and mm. In that uh, particular scene, yes, love that you said that it was not over the top. Um, it was like just enough. Um, mm -hmm. Oh God! But yeah, I, I guess um, you know there is a little bit of that. Uh, I guess everything's happening at once, and you know our best mm -hmm. moments and our worst moments are happening, and you know we're all kind of uh, navigating multiple worlds at once uh mm. in this little life we live um oh god i'm gonna mm. start crying <laughs> god i yeah i uh 
I write a lot like this year particularly I've been writing down like everything that happens um mm -hmm. like I, I have one page that's you know here's how I feel and then I have another page that's just this happened this happened this happened this happened this happened mm -hmm. and uh it's got me feeling uh <laughs> like uh Time is made up, and if I want to be a better person, I have to pick uh, right now to to try. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, and I I think that you know, on just like in terms of like Lynch's like artistry, like yeah, that is really interesting. That thinking of like because I mean I I mean film film I think is interesting to me like as a medium because like there there are ways in which it is technically like undeniably linear like especially thinking about like the movement of a film strip like i mean in in the fundamentals of how film operates it's moving forward in time but i feel like right. the most interesting filmmakers to me are often the ones that are most able to evoke a feeling of non-linearity or evoke a feeling of just kind of like existing in space more so than time maybe i i don't know like i was thinking about like Wojciech haas's like hourglass sanatorium which i think does a really great job of this of it has this sort of like the the time feels more like a dream than it does like a series of uh linear events you know and i think right. that like lynn does you know less so in this movie because this movie in in some ways is incredibly linear because he is literally moving along a road in a journey and so like that that is kind of the underlying thing of the movie but I think that like there's enough of the touches of what he achieves in other movies of that sense of of time not being linear and just being this kind of swirling swirling things of all sorts of like feelings and events oh. that that has that does show up in this to an extent Yes, uh, 110%, because along that road, the people that he interacts with all bring him back to like some other moment of his life or some other yeah. relationship in his life. Mm -hmm. That's the thing I love the most about this movie as like as a road movie. Um, yeah, he doesn't say the main character. He does not say a lot. He's not incredibly uh, articulate with his mm -hmm. emotions, but He'll say just enough in the right moment to a, a person about something in his past that will tie everything together. And it renders mm. uh, a full picture of who this guy really is. Mm. Um, yeah. uh, it's, oh, God, I will probably end up rewatching this one before the end of the year. Um, yeah. Because I need it. I need to, to I need yeah, to. Yeah, I think so. I think me too. Um, <laughs> I mean, we, we're going to have to finish up in just a minute because we're kind of short on time this week. But I do, something that I really like, I mean, sticking with I, this idea of like how he treats time in the movie is, I think it's really beautiful that the movie begins. I'm like, I'm like tearing up again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was going to mention this earlier. So yes, yes. Say it, yeah, I say feel it. like my, my, my voice is like breaking. <laughs> but like that the movie begins and it ends with like a shot of the stars and of space which is infinite oh my god yeah. i'm like literally crying <laughs> no it's it's so good ah. and it's it's uh it reminds me of that same shot in uh the elephant man at the end where you know yeah. uh john merrick is dying but he's also you know being reconnected back to his mother and going back to that source and um you know this is this is why i fucking meditate 15 times 15 minutes a day because um <laughs> 
you know, I do believe that in a lot of Lynch's work, um, he's showing that the there are there are moments in our lives that are more connected than we think they are. And between, you know, individuals, um, you know, we are more connected in our shared experience than we are uh, separated. But, you know, so much of life is taking us away from that source or, or being centered. Um, I absolutely love this movie because I, I think it's like, it's one of those that makes me go like, ah, this is why I love watching movies. Like there's all this shit that's out there, but like the movies that get you to look at yourself and look at your life and function more as a mirror than like, uh, I don't know, a fucking dogma or, you know, propaganda. Um, you know, like those are the ones that I, I think have the power to like really, uh, really change the world. And so, yeah, I like this one. I'm going to rewatch it. I hope you listener, you take some time to listen to it. Um, how, you, how are you doing? Shelley? <laughs> I'm good. I'm just like, I'm sitting here like quietly crying. <laughs> so for listeners, uh, thank you for tuning into a show called everyone is hot to listen to us talk about connectedness <laughs> to the stars, man. <laughs> Space, man. Space is infinite, dude, just like human love. <laughs> oh, God. I, I have truly yeah. become my own father and I, <laughs> I guess I just gotta let that happen. <laughs> I know. The older I get, the more of a sentimental old so-and-so I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listeners, we hope you will stay open, stay sentimental, and most importantly, stay. Uh, Stay stay horny. Please stay horny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I'm crying. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.